This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I'm Fallon, and I am here with Mims. How are you? I'm doing great. I had a wonderful weekend. That's good. But today was very stressful, so... It was a really Monday-ish Monday. It was. It really was. How was your weekend? My weekend was good. It was pretty chill. I worked on my flower wall project on Saturday. Yeah, turned out great. And yesterday, I just, like, cleaned and organized and worked on my content for the month. Being very, like, adulty. Yeah, trying to get ahead of things. Yeah, I feel you. And I watched a lot of basketball. There you go. <laughs> that sounds really, like, a nice day. It was a nice day. I never got dressed. Oh, love that. Yeah, it was nice. Mm-hmm. My family kept running around and doing things and asking if I wanted to go. I was like, no. And then today they said, you never left the house yesterday. I was like, no, no, I did not. And it was fabulous. Yeah, I fully support that type of day. Yeah, it was great. And now I'm like ahead on everything for the week. So very proud of you. Good Thank job. Thank you. All right. Let's go into it. Okay. What do we want to start with? Do you want to start or do you want me to start? You can go ahead. Okay. So we wanted to take a moment to talk about the murder of Lily Peters. Mm -hmm. She was a 10-year-old that was murdered in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. It's such a horrible, tragic story. Yeah, yeah. Um, So she was strangled. Yeah. And had blunt force trauma. Uh, and it was all, and she was also unfortunately raped, um, and it seems to be by her cousin, who is also a child, you know, 14, just like, I don't know what possesses children to do this. I don't know, from what I've heard, and I don't know how true any of it is, I've heard it was planned ahead of time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Prosecutors have said that he, the cousin, planned to rape and kill her from the get-go when he left the house with the victim walking her home. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. I don't either. I wonder if we're going to find out more, um, like, and he's going to, you know, going to go through that trial, and right now he's being held on a $1 million cash bond, so it's like he's not getting out. Yeah, and I would imagine they're going to move him to adult court. Yeah, because, I mean, you fucking murdered another kid. That's an adult thing to do. It it is, especially uh, premeditated in your own family. I know. Just the whole thing. 
And people always wonder why I'm crazy. Like, my 10-year-old son wanted to go to the park last week. Yeah. Cool, you can go to the park. You're not going to the park unsupervised. Mm -hmm. Like, him and his friends want to go to the park. They think they're grown-ups now. Yeah. You guys are not grown-ups. No. Like, I'm totally killing his vibe. (laughs) I will stay in the car. Yeah. Well, that's (laughs) good. Yeah, keep your distance. (laughs) You can pretend I'm not here. Yeah. But I'm watching you. Yeah. I I totally get it. Especially since we do this. You know, like, we see it's not always the adults. Sometimes it's the kids or, like... Yeah, you just never know. No, you don't. There's no way to judge. mm -mm. And it doesn't even have to be, like, a predator. It could be, like... I don't know, a car hit you or something like, you know, like all these forces in the world are just, you know, could do harm. So yeah. it, I totally get why you want to protect as much as you can. Yeah. So um, a great article from the Daily Mail is where I was reading it from, too. So yeah, me too. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, so that's. And they have way more information that. A lot of it's too disturbing for me to even talk about. So yeah, yeah. If you so, guys want to know all the sordid details, mm-hmm. you can look on the Daily Mail. Yeah, uh, other great articles out there too. But yeah, that's, there's a lot of there's a lot of coverage. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm sure there's going to be more developments in it. So yeah. this is just the beginning. Yeah, but condolences to her family. I'm so sorry for their loss. Yeah, I can't imagine what mm-hmm. they're going through. Yeah, that's like a double whammy, like, with your, obviously, your child, and actually triple, I would think, you know, like, you you lost your child, you lost her in a horrific way, and it was within the family, so that's also another loss, too. Yeah, and their relationships are probably going to be strained. Oh, yeah. They're on opposite sides, and it's just a lot, yeah. How could you support your son, is my question. I, mean, I don't know if they are or not. Okay, well, I would be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm handing you over. This is I am. I did not raise you. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, don't I would know. not be supportive. No. Mm-hmm. I would love from a distance. Yeah, sometimes you have to do that. Okay, well, um, I have a a positive note. Good. Here is an, an amazing new podcast that I found, and I know you'll love it. Um, and I know our listeners would love it too. Um, I love to, I am always listening to podcasts, and I'm pretty much caught up with all the ones that I typically listen to. Mm-hmm. So this one was actually really cool. I stumbled upon it. It's called Something Was Wrong, and it's hosted by Tiffany Reese. It's a podcast on recovering from being in an being engaged or being in a relationship with an abusive person mm. and a lot of it has to do with like like the families are interviewed too like friends are interviewed there's like clips of like voicemails and stuff like that and just like when you are being recorded to and like just different scenarios where it's like well I didn't think it was he was bad I, like I had I was, like, head over heels with him at first, and then, like, he did this, and then he did that, and it was, mm. like, slowly, you know, I'm, they have 12 seasons. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you can really binge. Um, I'm on season one, obviously. <laughs> I just started today. Um, but it's amazing. It's really, really well put together, and the story for this season is really good, so I I highly suggest it. Awesome. 
thank you for the suggestion. This week, I'm, I listened to um, Let the Women Do the Work by Jillian Pensabali. Yes. She dropped that in the TCO feed. How's that? I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had on um, Damien Eccles' wife was the first guest for oh, it. Oh, yes, I did listen to that one. That yeah. was really good. Yeah, I really like Jillian. Me too. Um, she's, like, so cute and happy, but, like, savage at the same time. She really is. She'll come for you, but she's also, like, a very warm person. Yeah. And I don't even know this woman, really. So right. I'm like, <laughs> I know you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a good one, too. I, I'm excited for that one. Me, too. I also found Killer Psyche. Have you ever heard of that one? I think I heard of it, but I haven't listened to it. So, it's, like, an F an ex-FBI I think I forgot what she did Um, but she now basically goes in and explains like why she believes that these people did what they did so she goes over like all the big names Mm -hmm. um, and just really like analyzes them in a really like educational setting Hmm. So it's. I think it's pretty good. I'm obsessed with like analyzing people. Me so. too. I do that to my husband. <laughs> He's like, can you stop analyzing me? Because I do that to my husband all the time. I do it to everyone. Yeah, strangers. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, <laughs> um, yeah. I just can't help it though. It's just yeah. like I just read you without even trying. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. I'll have to check that one out. Okay. Um, my turn? It is your turn. Okay. I am... I got my sources from Psychiatric Times, uh, Wausau Daily Herald, Wausau.com, Antigo Journal, uh, and the American Psychological Association. And I'm going to do a Wausau fire. Okay. So, on April 9th, 2019, at... 3.30 a.m. officers responded to the a fire near 2nd Avenue and South Clark Street on Wausau's west side. I'm not really familiar with Wausau, so if you know where that is... I do. Oh, do you? I do. Cool. (laughs) So the fire was engulfing two small businesses, one being the Rainbow Laundry and then the other one being Blossoms and Bows, which was a flower shop, which Mm. I'm like, that's a cute name. I like that. It is. Um, So firefighters were adamantly fighting to stop the fire, but it just engulfed both of the properties and they had to tragically notify the owners that their small businesses were burned to the ground. Um, So a short time after, or I'm sorry, during, an officer recognized a resident of the community walking around the neighborhood near the laundromat and he found him very suspicious so this man his name is aziz hakim who was 33 at the time and he he basically was a person of interest because of two things one the relationship he had uh to one of the buildings and when he was at the scene he asked one of the officers why firefighters were spraying water on the north side of the building when it started on the south side. That's and, an interesting question. Right. So then they're like, what do you mean? And then the <laughs> officer was like, 
I told him that the fire had spread, uh, but obviously that raised some eyebrows. Mm-hmm. So then they did question Aziz, and interestingly enough, he did admit to the officers that he did start the fire. So mm-hmm. it was pretty, like, instantaneous. They had the guy right away. Yeah. Which doesn't happen that often, I don't think. I don't think so either. So Aziz stated he had been working and living at the laundromat, and I don't know how you live at a laundromat, but he made it work, I guess. Now it's a tiny laundromat. Oh, you've been to this laundromat? (laughs) (laughs) Why am I not, why am I surprised? I used to live in Wausau. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And so when I was pregnant with my first son, our washer and dryer broke. One of them broke. I don't remember anymore. But I had to, and I used to go there and do my laundry. Oh my god, I love this little personal <laughs> connection. And it, yeah, it was a tiny laundry mat. Okay, okay, so good perspective. Yeah, so this man lived there. That's crazy. Um, and he also stated that he was helping out the owner keep homeless people from sleeping there as well. So he was just... Wasn't he homeless? <laughs> I know. I'm like, you're, <laughs> sir, you're living in a laundry mat. Like, okay. Um, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> so then he said him and the owner had a disagreement on April 8th and the owner terminated the relationship, basically telling him... You, all of your possessions need to leave. I don't need your help anymore. And that didn't sit well with Aziz. And after prying him for answers on why he took things this far, he responded back with he lit the his possessions on fire because he didn't know what else to do with them. So essentially, he didn't have anywhere else to go. He didn't know where to put his belongings. So he set them on fire. That sounds like a logical thing to do. That's literally my next, like, line. I'm like, that doesn't seem logical at all. Because I'm like, that just seems more like you're upset, so you start the place on fire. Because it's almost like a bad relationship. It's like, you, if I can't have you, nobody else can. You can't do laundry here, because I can't live here anymore. So... Yeah, that's basically his reasoning, um, even though I don't think it's accurate. Um, So Aziz pleaded guilty to his most serious counts of arson and burglary in August as a part of a plea deal. Um, And then on his sentencing hearing, it was to consolidate the three criminal cases, which were uh, three felony... Oh my God, I cannot talk today. Felony charges of arson of a building without the owner's consent, which I didn't know was a thing that you could have an owner's consent to burn down a building. Do you know that? I don't know this one. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because it's still going to be arson, right? Uh, yeah, that's why I'm like, what does it matter? But charged too? I, oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, burglary of a building and carrying a concealed weapon. So, Marathon County Circuit Court Judge Gregory Huber appointed a psychologist to examine him and determined that there was enough evidence for the case to continue, deeming him mentally competent to stand trial. And then Aziz was then convicted and sentenced to 13 years in prison. And Aziz was ordered to also spend eight years on probation following his release from prison. And he'll receive credit for 630 days already served. And the total damage that was caused was about more than one million, which is 
crazy, but wow. it, it makes sense because it's two businesses. Yeah. And I'm like, what did the flower shop ever do to you? Right. So just cute, had a cute name. I know. Just trying to make people's lives happy. Right. So here are some interesting facts I found off of the Psychiatric Times article uh, called Understanding Adult Fire Setters. So fire setting behavior has obviously devastating consequences uh, in terms of harm caused to not only individuals, but to property and also all of the financial implications uh, for the like the owner or the individual themselves and society in general because you know something could spread and then it spreads to somebody else's home so obviously mm-hmm. it has like a ripple effect for a whole community right um and then between 2010 through 2014 an estimated of 261 thousand intentional fires were reported to the u.s municipal fire departments each year resulting in 440 deaths and uh 1310 injuries and the economic cost of fire setting was estimated to be as high as uh three three 328.5 billion per year which i did not yeah, expect it's really high yeah so in the united states one in 100 adults self-reported a lifetime of history of deliberate fire setting as well which is more than i thought yeah so also arson and pyromania are terms used to describe intentional fire setters uh, within specific contexts but you can be one without being the other, which I, you know, never really thought about either. So fire setting is a current preferred term um, for deliberately starting fires, regardless of their legal or diagnostic status. So basically you can commit arson without having the, I guess, urged or clinical diagnoses of wanting to set fires just for like your own personal joy okay um and then sense you might do it for a crime or to cover up a crime or right yeah so it's you can be like a one and done watch it burn yeah right (laughs) like it could be because of a situation yeah rather than you like it and you get off by it so those are the two different things but you can overlap too Mm mm-hmm um, so there are different types of fire setters, if you're interested. There is curiosity and accidental. Hmm. Those are the most common type, and they often do not understand the consequences of fire play. Uh, and then there's the cry for help. Children who consciously or subconsciously use fire to draw attention to a stress in their life, um, which has underlying causes like depression and just attention de- deficit or hyperactivity. Um, also delinquent fire setters who often show little empathy for others but tend to avoid harming others. Basically, they just want to, like, fuck shit up is what this one is. That makes sense. Severely disturbed. So these are children mostly with a fixation on fire, including paranoid and psych psychotic children who may want to harm or kill themselves so this one seems to be the most um 
you know, high alerted one that we want to address right away. Yeah. Um, cognitively impaired. So developmentally disabled or impaired children, they tend to lack good judgment, but avoid intentional harm. So they may think or they don't really think of the consequences due to their impairments. Right. And then social, cultural, children who set fires primarily to support from, or for support from peers or community groups, such as riots or religious um, acts. So that's mostly uh, basically by, like, wanting to be done because, you you know, you want to be cool, you want to fit in, you want to, like, impress people or whatever the case may be. Um... And that is my story. Awesome. Thank you. I know it's short, but I just wanted to get a, a fire one in there eventually. Just try to keep it light. Yeah, I have a lighthearted one today, too. Oh, good. <laughs> we are on the same Yeah, page. I was like, I've had enough tragedy. <laughs> that's exactly Yeah, that's exactly how I was feeling. Yeah. So, I started my story by saying that I decided to take a day off from yep. diving into unsolved murders and oh. missing persons to do something a little lighthearted. I'm excited. So today I'm going to talk about some strange creatures that oh. live in Wisconsin. Okay, I'm here for it. All right. So the first of these creatures is the Beast of Bray Road. Have mm. you heard of this? Yes, yes. Have you ever seen it? The movie? <laughs> no, the actual beast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've heard good things about the movie. No, I have not seen either. Well, if you guys don't know, there's like a, is it like a B movie? Is it a B movie? It's not like a it's Hollywood a, production. No. <laughs> it's some kind of movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie about it. I haven't watched the movie. You know No, no, I okay. haven't. No. <laughs> okay. So sightings of this creature go all the way back to 1936. Mm. But the popularity around this creature really began to rise in the 80s and 90s. And I'm not surprised because growing up in the 80s and 90s, there was constantly werewolf movies on. Oh, right. Yeah. And then it again rose to popularity during the pandemic. Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. That interesting, though. Well, I know a lot of like animals people hadn't seen for a while came back out during the pandemic. That's kind of sad. Because the people were in the house. Yeah. So, if this creature is real, it would make sense to me. He's like, ooh, I get to run around and do what I want. All these people are in the house. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> the beast is very intelligent in my version yeah. of the story. Animals are intel- intelligent across yeah. the board. And dogs are intelligent, so why won't the... This beast? This beast has to be, too. Right. Okay, so the Beast of Bray Road has been described as a werewolf-like creature that stands between six and seven feet tall when he or she is on their hind legs. People always say it's a he, but I don't know how they have determined this. I like that you're like, he or she, because we just don't know. It could be a girl. It could could be. Who knows? Right? The beast has a wolf-like face, pointy wolf ears, and yellow eyes. Mm-hmm. However, the body is more like that of a hairy, very muscular man. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Reports have the beast weighing in at between 400 and 700 pounds. Holy shit. So very, very large. Yeah, like, he chunky. She, he chunky. But it's all muscle. Thick. Yeah. <laughs> the original reports of the beast took place on Bray Road in the town of Elkhorn, hence the name the Beast of Bray Road. Mm-hmm. In the 1980s, as spotting seemed to grow in frequency, people reported the beast to be more aggressive. So one woman reports hitting something on the road. and She pulled over and she got out to investigate, and she witnessed a large wolf-like creature with red eyes who chased her back to her car, and in doing so left large... Large? Large? <laughs> <laughs> large claw marks in her rear passenger door. Okay. Oof. Which is very scary. This reminds me of, have you ever heard of the Mexican version um, called El Cucuy? They said something about it being similar. Yeah, so this is what it is. I pulled it up. Oh, yep. It is the same family of creature. And they're also, they've been spotted in other parts of the world. Mexico. Where else? I should know I wrote this story. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, where else? Yeah, I was totally looking at you like, you should know the answer. <laughs> like, can you read my mind and remember what I read? It has different names all over the world. Right, Depending yeah. on which culture has seen it. Yeah, for sure. But there's definitely been claims of it all around, which is very intriguing to me. It makes me feel like it is an actual thing just because uh, not just, like, a small group of people think it's real, but, like, people from a opposite ends of the world mm-hmm. can like say oh yeah that's that's familiar to me or something like that yeah people that have never met each other never discussed it right come up with the same description mm-hmm. the same like drawings and everything right yeah leads me to believe there is something like this out there i'm open to the idea me too so after this ladies incident the spottings began to also happen during the day the reports during the day describe a large wolf-like creature running through the fields chasing deer. This led a local newspaper to ask one of their reporters, Linda Godfrey, to look into the witness accounts. Linda reports being really skeptical at first. She's like, okay, I'll do this, but this is a dumb story, basically. <laughs> but soon she began to be more believing. Okay. And now she is even a regular writer of cryptozoology. So if people don't know, yeah, no. cryptozoology is the study of creatures like the Beast of Bray Road, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, things like that. So she like was very hesitant and now she's like... Now she's all in. Yeah, all in. Yeah, because like. she was convinced by how convinced the witnesses were that this is what they saw. Well, yeah. I mean, if somebody sat down and told me and... I'm sure I would believe them just because I'm that gullible, though. But I think you can tell the difference when between somebody that's like, oh, I want attention, I saw this thing, and somebody yeah. that's, like, terrified when they recall this beast chasing them. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I think. I don't know, Jake convinces me of weird <laughs> things, and I'm just like, wow, that's interesting. He's like, wow, you gotta work on that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's how my coworker is too. Oh my god! Yeah, it's a problem. It is. 
Then in 2006, a man named Steve Krieger was working sanitation, cleaning up animal carcasses on the side of the road. Mm. Sounds like a terrible job, yeah, Steve. Yeah, do not sign me up for that. No, I respect you for doing the hard work that I would not do. Right, me too. So he saw a small 80-pound doe on the side of the road and, and stopped to pick it up and threw it in the back of the truck. Then he got back in the cab to fill out his paperwork. And then he feels his truck start to shake. And he ignores it. It's like, oh, it must be windy. Oh. And he feels it again. Mm-hmm. So he turns around. And he spots what he describes as a wolf head on a bare body eating the carcass. Like, in the bed of the truck, eating oh, the carcass. Wow. He said, at this point, the creature starts making it to the front of the truck. Nope. And his flight or fight response kicks in, and he chooses flight. Yeah, I would <laughs> Those were his words. Fly away. <laughs> there is a YouTube video of him describing this. Oh, God. Yeah. I w- I'm going to watch it right when we're done. He definitely believed what he saw. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was very believable. Then on January 27th, 2019, at approximately 10 p.m., Danny Morgan said he was driving into Spring Prairie on his way home to Menominee Falls from Lake Geneva when he spotted the creature. And Danny also caught a blurry cell phone picture of the creature, mm. which I will share with everyone on yeah. our socials yeah. so they can they can tell us what they think about that. Yeah. Because I want to know if people believe in these things. I mean, I would have to see this picture. Yeah. It's definitely a blurry picture. But <laughs> I don't know. He needs better camera skills if it was really there. You're right, yeah. I could work with him. (laughs) Yeah, you could. (laughs) Then in 2020, Ron Rice was in a rural area in the town of Burlington. He has a job dropping off fertilizer, so he goes out to this property. He's dropping off the fertilizer. He's way back down this, like, 150-foot-long driveway. Okay. He says these are deep, deep woods out here. Yeah. Yeah. So he's sitting there in the truck waiting for the people to come and grab their stuff. And he said he spotted a seven foot tall creature that was brown with coarse hair. Mm -hmm. He said the creature stopped and picked something up, turned his back to him and walked away. Two weeks later, Ron said he saw the same creature again. Damn. It walked out of the woods. Saw Ron sitting there, turned around, and walked back into the woods. I He's love- probably like, it's 2020, you're supposed to be in the house, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's just like, eh, I'm not interested. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Sorry, no. I'm not interested. Yeah, why are you here again? Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of theories as to what this creature could be. Many people try to say it's just a large wolf or a mangy bear. Oh. Yeah, that makes or me a sad. mangy bear. Yeah, <laughs> and others say it's some kind of weird hybrid creature. You know, the government has done a lot of weird things. That's true. It's just our government and all around the world, though. This is like a. Oh yeah. Well, it could have been something that was done somewhere, and then all of a sudden it was like unleashed and then procreated. I don't know. Like COVID. Yeah, yeah, like everything else in the world, yeah. I I mean, it could happen. It could happen. And then, so my next one is Peppy the Lake Monster. Have you heard of Peppy? Have you heard of Peppy? No. 
So Peppy the lake monster is said to reside in Lake Pepin, which is located between Minnesota and Wisconsin. It actually creates the border for part of Minnesota and Wisconsin. Okay. Sightings of Peppy date all the way back to the days of Native American mound builders who lived along the Mississippi River. Okay. So since the Dakota tribe had settled along the river, they had reports of this creature. So this is not new. This has been going on for a long time. Yeah. A business owner in the town of Lake City, which borders the lake on the Minnesota side, has even offered a $50,000 reward for any conclusive proof that Pepe exists. So if you want to make $50,000, you can go and try to find Pepe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I try to keep it in. Um, yeah, I looked Peppy up, and it's kind of... It, <laughs> That's why you're laughing, because the first thing that shows up is, like, a cartoon. Yeah, it's a cartoon. I'm just like, cute. Um, it's cute. It just reminds me of, like, the Loch Ness Monster. Yep. Which goes back to what, you know, like, what, there is somewhere cloning all these different yep. monsters, releasing them. Yep. I don't know. So Nielsen said he had been unaware of the creature's existence until one night he was on the boat with his wife and something strange happened. Mm -hmm. Him and his wife had the only boat on the water at the time and somehow he saw a huge wake going against the current. He said it was about a hundred feet long and a foot and a half high. So he's like, what kind of creature could possibly make a wake like that yeah there's nobody else on the water fish aren't gonna do that Mm -mm. nothing i can think of that lives in a lake is gonna have that big of a wake that's what i was gonna say and this isn't the ocean this is a a lake so it's not like gonna be like a whale or anything like that no so he went home and he began doing some research into what could have caused this phenomenon and he learned about peppy (laughs) so Chad Lewis, a cryptozoologist and researcher of all things paranormal, says these reports go back to the Dakota tribe, who reportedly began creating dugout canoes after their birch bark canoes kept getting punctured by something in Lake Pepin. Oh. So they would be out in their canoes, and a creature was puncturing their canoes. Wow, Peppy was not having it. No. So... In the 20s and 30s, these stories were really popular. Like, Peppy was out messing with people all the time. (laughs) Watch out for Peppy. And then the stories kind of died down for a while, and then started making a comeback in the 2000s. Okay. I wonder what happened. I don't know. Maybe it went dormant? Maybe. How long do dinosaur-like creatures hibernate? Until whenever they want to... Not. Feel like <laughs> yeah, they're they're old as shit. All right, leave it be. Maybe they had a baby. Oh. Now the baby wants to mess with people. <laughs> the other parent is too old. Yeah. <laughs> All right, they're like, leave me alone. And Chad Lewis comments on how similar the body of water that this animal lives in is to the famous body of water that holds another seemingly mystic creature, the Loch Ness Monster. Yes, ma'am. The lakes are almost the exact same dimensions. Wow. Loch Ness is just deeper, but they're about the same length and width. That is very interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Like he said, if you didn't know better and you just ended up in one of the lakes, if you didn't know where you were, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Wow. Yeah. 
I'm not sure how true it is, but that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> so it must be right. <laughs> we'll go with it. I mean, he wrote a book, so. Yeah. <laughs> Some people believe Peppy is just a large sturgeon because mm. sturgeon can live 100 years and can get up to 200 pounds. Yeah, sturgeon are pretty big, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know if it'd be like causing a wake big. I don't know either. And other people like Nielsen believe it's some kind of sea creature that got trapped. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So, in order to collect the reward from Nielsen, he says he needs a picture, so some kind of photographic evidence, mm-hmm. and something that can be used for DNA testing, such as part of a fin or a skin sample. Yeah, I mean, that's probably for the best, because they could just be like, hey, I got Peppy, and then uh, turns out it's just a big-ass sturgeon, and then he shells out $50,000. Yep. So I understand that. Like, look at this big-ass sturgeon. Oh my god, yeah. They're huge. I didn't they know that huge. they were that big. Yeah, they're ridiculously big. Because mm-hmm. they live for 100 years. They just keep growing. Right. So if you get one of these things, then the, sa- then the sample would be tested for DNA to determine if it's from an unknown species. Hmm. Multiple people have gotten the photographic evidence. But they really? have not gotten anything for DNA. One fisherman even had a sonar image of something 16 to 17 feet long underneath his boat. Oh, my God. I would never be able to go in the lake No, again. me neither. And I, I like going boating. Yeah, me too. I don't want to... That's terrifying. The people in the area had told Nielsen, like, this is a terrible idea to do this reward. You're telling people about this lake monster. You're going <laughs> to scare the kids away. And he said just a couple of days after all this had first come out, he saw kids on the beach saying, come here, Peppy, come here and play. <laughs> come here and play, Peppy. <laughs> like, the kids are not scared. They no. Want, they want to see the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. And I love how, like, non-menacing of a name that they gave this, like, gigantic <laughs> lake monster. Can we, right? like, Peppy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here's a quote from Nielsen that I liked. I know there's more things in the universe that we don't know about than we do, he said. When we find out something and we think we know it all, we find out we don't. That is incredibly smart. Yeah. I like like, that. I really like this guy. (laughs) (laughs) So Chad Lewis did extensive research on the existence of Peppy, and he said this is one of the few times that he's ever been swayed from the 50-50 stance he usually takes in his cases. So usually Chad Lewis, he does a lot of research on some of the other paranormal stuff that I've talked about. And he'll usually say, like, yeah, it could exist, it could not exist. Like, I'm right in the middle. Yeah. Who knows? Which is probably the best way to, like, the best type of mindset to have. Because then you're not shutting off the possibility that there's something unknown Mm -hmm. that could be true. Right. Or you can't, you go into, like, a fanatic area where it's like, everything is crazy and, you know... (laughs) So, in this case, he said he's 75% sure that Peppy exists. Wow. Mm-hmm. Some people say that Peppy looks like an eel or a worm, and others say he resembles the Lake Ness monster. Again, I don't know why they assume every monster is a boy. Yeah. He could very well be a girl. Yeah. 
And Lewis said it's likely that some of the sightings are from creatures that we already know about. Like, he doesn't think every sighting is really peppy. Some of them oh. can be a sturgeon. Yeah, yeah. Um, or even a really large catfish. Mm-hmm. Or even, this is scary as well. Oh, God. Creatures like alligators or bull sharks, which have somehow gotten lost in the Mississippi River and made it all the way up to Illinois. Mm. They had sharks in the river in Illinois. That's horrifying. Yeah. Mm, no, thank you. I can't believe that they can live that long in the fresh water. Right, yeah. Maybe. I mean, their adaptability is crazy. It's gotta be, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. No. But some accounts cannot be explained by any creature of which we currently know. Mm-hmm. Reports like an eight-foot-long neck sticking out of the water are hard to come up with a justification for. Right, yeah. And a 16- to 17-foot-long creature, what would that be? Yeah. I could not tell you. Yeah. Definitely not a sturgeon. No, or it's the biggest sturgeon ever. Ever, ever. Mm-hmm. Ever, ever. And somebody should catch it. Yeah. But it would probably eat them. Probably. I I wouldn't fuck with it. No. I don't think sturgeon aren't very nice. I mean, once (laughs) they're being like... I wouldn't be nice either if somebody was trying to, like, remove me from my home, so... No. So, I understand. I understand, too. I think you're right. Yeah. And we just look like tiny little ants if they're 17 feet long. Right, yeah. I'd be like, who are you, sir, ma'am? Why is this little person messing with me? Yeah, it's like, no, (laughs) not today. (laughs) So those are my creature stories for the week. Have you heard about either? Well, you heard about the Beast Brayer. Yep, yep. Um, Not peppy, though. Not peppy, and that was very, um, (laughs) that's that's cool to know. I like that. Like, I want to do something lighthearted and fun this week. I know. I was like, I'm so... This is what we do, right? Right. So, what can I do so it's not completely tragic? Yeah, because it gets to be a lot. For real. Like, sometimes I'll have dreams, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, see, I need to take a break, because I'll go watch, like, CSI... <laughs> criminal minds or something like that and then i'll like write my my stories and then like i'll listen to podcasts and i'm like i need a fucking break (laughs) (laughs) exactly like i need to listen to something lighthearted yeah read something lighthearted yeah and then i'm like maybe our listeners need something lighthearted yeah i i definitely we all take it a little bit too far sometimes sometimes yeah and you know this one is sad for the owners because that's like a yeah. You know, their business got fucked with, but nobody, nobody died. Yeah. The person was caught. Yeah. And here we learned about Peppy. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Beast of Bray Road, which is horrifying, and I hope that I never come across this beast. I was hoping that would see him. Oh. You don't think that you'd be slashed to bits? No, I think we'd be friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring him something to eat. Oh, yeah, I better be real big. Ain't gonna have no jerky. No. No, like, a little puppy chow I feed my children. No, no. <laughs> Might as well bring bring something, like a deer or something like that. <laughs> a whole deer. Um, so, takeaways. Uh, monsters can be women. Yeah. Female. Yeah. Why do we always assume monsters are male? They're not. 
Well, at least I would like to think so. Um, I mean, they had to come from a woman to begin with. Right, yeah. And um, don't set places afire <laughs> um, just because you don't know where to take your stuff. That's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, you could just leave it mm-hmm. if you don't want to take it. Yeah. You could throw it in the trash. Yeah. Donate it. Something like that. Donate it. Mm-hmm. Um, put it in a bag and carry it along with you. Yeah. I don't know. There's everything you can do besides setting it burning, on fire. Burning a place down to the ground. Yeah, that's, that's probably best to avoid. I think he really just said, fuck this guy and fuck this place. That's- I can't stay here, so I'm burning it down. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think that his reasoning was uh, legitimate at all. No, I don't think so. Did they rebuild the flower shop? No. They took their insurance money and ran. <laughs> I would, too. I'd be like, you know what? This That was a last straw, honestly. Right? Because I don't think it's, like, a very, like, multi-million dollar making no. business. You know what I would like to have, though? And if you guys have tuned out already, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you next time. But I, I would like to have a flower shop just to see what people would write for, like, the cards. Mm. That'd be, like, really fun because it could be, like, to a mistress or yeah. it could be to, I don't know, something saucy. Yeah. Or, like, the best ones. It's like, I've loved you forever. Please take this, all these roses or something. <laughs> I don't know. Something Lots cute. of romance. Yeah. Romance and scandal. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Yeah. There'd have to be a murder eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for me. Yeah, me too. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks for tuning in and being a fan and loving us how we love you. Yeah, we definitely love you guys. And um, make sure you do all the things that we always ask you, like follow, share, subscribe, and rate us if you are so inclined. Yeah. Again, we love you. Yes, have a great week. Yeah, make it a great week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't Don't forget, forget, we we love you. you.